get to that point and you feel this tension between living intuitively and being disciplined to follow through with the things that you thought mattered most to you, when you feel that tension, you don't know what to do with it. And we're here to say that the, the tension is not there because you are lazy. Hi, I'm Shelby. I'm Akali. And I'm Clary. And this is Make Space to Thrive. We're passionate about helping women craft intentional lifestyles that empower them to achieve their most life-giving goals. So grab a cup of coffee and enjoy the show. I'm really looking forward to today's episode because we're talking about a way of thinking about goal setting that Shelby has been developing for the last couple of years. So much of goal setting material we read assumes that we're going to have a lot of mental space and time to work on and develop and execute our goals, like maybe Monday through Friday, eight hours of day in a quiet office, which is just not the reality of our lives at home with small children. But what Shelby is going to talk about is an entirely new way of thinking about goals. We call it the Rooted Goal System, and Rooted is an acronym, which means or which stands for rooted in your core calling, organically growing out of your context, outlined for clarity, tailored for your lifestyle, etched in your memory, and developed by Providence, the rooted goal system. And the first time I heard Shelby talk about this, I just got so excited because it was so approachable and it is so different from typical productivity content. It is completely different from typical productivity content. It actually developed for me out of a need to approach goal setting in a different way. You know, typical goal setting is very much this sit down with a piece of paper, close your eyes, imagine where do you want to be in a year, five years, 10 years, write that down and then reverse engineer your goals and then hustle and grind and make that dream come true. That's typical goal setting culture. And the problem with it is that you cannot fully foresee what's coming in your future. You can't fully foresee the trade-offs. And sometimes you do get to the point of wondering if your goal was genuinely worth it. But you go back to the goal setting culture and you say, okay, well, what am I supposed to do with this? I'm thinking about falling off the bandwagon here, or I have already fallen off the bandwagon. How do I get back on? And the answer is remember your why. Pep talk yourself, you know, kick yourself in the rear and get yourself back out there and make those dreams happen. Make those dreams come true. But then again, you have your life, your life is happening, and your life is important. And you couldn't foresee some of these bends in the road, you're just, you just weren't able to do that on January first and see where God would be taking you this year. And so if you when you get to that point, and you feel this tension between living intuitively, and being disciplined to follow through with the things that you thought mattered most to you. When you feel that tension, you don't know what to do with it. And we're here to say that the the tension is not there because you are lazy. You're not actually following through your, with your goal is good enough because you're part of the 92%. And I say that is um, there's been a study done that says that only 8% of people actually follow through with their New Year's resolutions. 92% of people 
do not follow through. And a lot of people have talked about this. What does this mean? Does this mean that 92% of our population is just lazy, is just undisciplined, just isn't inspired enough? Why do we fall off the bandwagon? There's actually a holiday based off of, and I can't remember what it's called, but there's this holiday actually, I think it's in February, where everyone together says, this is the day where typically people fall off the bandwagon of their goals and people celebrate it and say, well, that was fun. Do we have to do that though? I mean, none of us want to be super willy nilly and just be like, whatever, you know, whatever goes this year goes and we'll just kind of go with the flow. We're all here because we want to live intentionally. We want to be productive, but what do we do with that tension? Yeah, so maybe we find ourselves in the evening time wanting to connect with our husband and watch maybe a movie and have some popcorn, or maybe we start brainstorming with our husband about a new financial goal and it's keeping you up late in the night and you start to remember, I have that New Year's resolution of getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning and I'm not going to be able to keep it, but you know that choosing to stay up with your significant other is the right thing to do. It's what is going to help... um, move the needle forward on y'all's goals together so you know it's the right decision you have just become part of the 92 percent of people who don't keep those new year's resolutions but is that bad no it was not bad it was the right decision or maybe you have a work block that you scheduled for nap time but your children are completely on nap strike and you can't get them to settle down maybe you have some older kids who keep griping is it wrong you want to just stop working all together, you know, put the laptop away, completely give up on this um, working hustle. But it's not wrong to actually stop that and to pause and rock that baby to sleep or go deal with your children's character and helping them work through certain problems with their siblings. This is actually something very helpful for them and their development. It's very good for the season of life you're in, but that doesn't mean you have to give up on whatever work goal that you had for yourself. It just means that you can prioritize life differently. Um, There's also, you know, what if you're at college and you have this work assignment that you had to work on during lunchtime and you knew you needed to do it, but a friend confides in you often and this was a time where they needed a shoulder to cry on and you needed to be there for them. You know that that is the right decision in this moment to be there for them. God has providentially put them in your life and you need to offer that help. But that doesn't mean that you can't keep those goals. It just has to be worked around. You have to orchestrate life and your goal setting together to work in harmony. And this is the way we believe will help you be able to do that. Yeah, so a great example of this just um, from my life from this past year with working through the rooted goals. Um, And again, like I said at the beginning, it was just such an encouraging process because I finally felt the freedom to actually create goals that were just what I needed them to be. They didn't have to be based on what someone else thought was going to be good, but what I needed or what my family needed. And so one of my goals this last year was to really have some, um, to increase my one-on-one intentional time with my toddlers. And this really supports a long-term life goal of good relationships with my children. You know, I want them to want to talk to me, you know, when they're teenagers. And I know that that work has to start today when they are little. And so, um, so every month and every quarter I go through and I say, okay, what is this intentional time going to look like this month? 
or you know this quarter, this month, or this week? Um, are we going to have a goal of reading together every day at a certain time, or maybe just at some point in the day? Are we going to have a tea party every Tuesday and make muffins with them because they love you know they're at the stage of just wanting to be helpful and cooking and you know want to do all the things they see us doing. And, um, and so that was one of the goals I had this year was that intentional time. And, and it was, I used the rooted because it was obviously rooted in my core calling of, I am their mother. And this intentional time is something that's coming straight out of that. Um, I made it contextualized. The activities that we were going to do were ones that we could easily get done at home, even having a new baby. Um, I would outline it, um, for clarity each week or month by saying, these are the activities I'm going to shoot for, or these are the options I'm going to give myself and go with the flow each day. Um, it was absolutely tailored to my lifestyle. Again, I made it something that was going to be something I would want to do with them because then I knew it gave me the best chance for success rather than I need to do X Montessori activity that I saw on someone's Instagram because they said it was good for toddlers. You know, I was going to make it what I needed and wanted it to be and would be good for my kids. It was etched in my memory because I had it in my planner, in my annual. I could reference it um, every time I was looking at my goals for the year. And it was developed by Providence because as our seasons have fluctuated, um, then I have been able to, you know, adapt while still maintaining that goal. But the thing about all of this is that it's not really a quantifiable goal. So it goes completely against typical goal setting. There's no set metric for when it's done. It's not like I'm going to reach a point and go, okay, I have good relationships with my children. I can cross that goal off. Um, But I know intuitively when we're on track and when we're not. And for instance, I didn't set a goal of teaching my four-year-old to read, even though that might be more quantifiable or align more with traditional goal setting and be a very good goal. I mean, we want our children to be able to read, but it would not have been the goal that um, me or my family needed. And setting a high-pressure goal in this area in this year, knowing I was having a baby, would actually work against my long-term relation or my long-term goal of having strong relationships with my children. And so, being able to just sort of like reject the the high pressure, typical goal setting and take this rooted goal and and create a very simple, but very sustainable and very good goal. That was completely what we needed, um, was just very different than every other year that I have tried to sit down, you know, on January one and say, what do I want from this year? And really it is a stepping back, a taking of a deep breath and a deeper way of looking at setting your goals where you look at everything God is doing in your life. And you recognize and embrace the fact that you aren't God in your life. And you can't be God. And that's, that is what is so frustrating. A lot of times about typical goal setting culture is we feel like we're doing something wrong if we can't gain complete control over every detail of our lives. We feel like we're doing something wrong when we couldn't get you know, mark off, tick off all of those boxes of getting every chapter written in the exact weeks that we said that we would and fill out all those little boxes that we had written out in our calendar. And when we don't do that, and now and we put penalties and rewards, typical goal setting culture says to do that. We're not putting it in view of the fact that our child just had a stomach virus that whole week. And for us to try to squeeze in writing a chapter meant that we wouldn't have showed up as our best selves to write that chapter. And we wouldn't have showed up as our best selves to be there for our child. We would have had our attentions and our affections so stretched between the two. And we don't have to do that. There's just no way to script your future 
on January 1st. But that doesn't mean, again, that you can't be intentional when you want to take and really harness that goal setting energy that we do have at the beginning of the year. You know, we're coming off of the holidays. And um, the holidays are just such a busy time. And whether they're extremely just joyful and fill you with energy or they're difficult and you're just ready for a fresh start at the beginning of the year, everyone has this this energy. It's really fun to also be in part of a, of a community movement, this energy of, okay, let's let's get into this next chapter. Let's turn this page. Let's get this fresh start. And we don't want to give up on all of the magic that comes with that fresh start that can come with at the beginning of the year. So, or at really truly any time of the year that you're ready for that fresh start. And so what do we do when we're ready to sit down to get our goals all carved out and, and figure out what they are and be able to look towards our future? How can we be intentional? And how can we also get a really good idea of what goals that we have that we are willing to be flexible on? And what goals do we have that we're willing that we're not willing to be flexible on? Yes, and this this whole way of planning can work for your more general goals. And it also can work for very specific ones. A way that I used it last year was I knew that I wanted to become a lot more healthy, both in my eating, both in my physical, uh, my strength, and I wanted to feel a lot better. And the purpose for this was to have a few more kids. Both Philip and I want a big family, and I've had a few back-to-back, but I knew that my body needed a break, and I needed to you know, let it rest and recharge, and then when it was ready to um, strengthen it. And this didn't happen in me setting a routine, you know, on January 1st and keeping it throughout the entire year and making sure at 7 a.m. I went running and had just a very rigid outlook on it. It happened where every single month I had to reevaluate what the month had planned, what was in store for our family and for our business, and then fit in this goal in a way that was mutually supportive. Um, And it was really neat to see how my um, physical self, how I felt and how all of the plans that I had for my exercise routine or for my diet plan, how it would fluctuate throughout the year and throughout the times in the different seasons. There was a lot of time I had to put into studying what my body needed for exercise, what we needed to eat, but also what would be good for my family, what they would eat as well. And so there was a lot to put into this, a lot of hours putting into it. But I was able to still achieve it by being very flexible, knowing that it's rooted in my core calling because both Philip and I believe the Lord has an abundance of blessings waiting for us. Um, It was organically grown out of our context because I was able to adapt everything that I wanted to achieve according to what was already going on in our daily life. Um, I did outline outline it for clarity Um, month by month. I just adjusted it and tailored it to my lifestyle. And then it became etched in my memory where it was almost second nature to know how exactly I needed to um, exercise that day or eat that day. And even my family, it reflected in my family where they were, they knew to leave mama alone around this time because she's exercising or exercise with me. And my husband knew what kind of diet choices I was going to be making to um, better my physical state. 
And then it was obviously developed by Providence because it goes back to the vision that um, God has given to our family and how we want to have a lot of little babies. And actually, I was able to achieve this goal. And I knew that both Philip and I had peace that my body was in a good state to get pregnant last August. And now I have my little um, Nancy Rowe here on the trip with us. See, this is just such a different way, again, to approach goal setting. If she would have taken um, a very popular system of goal setting, which is called setting smart goals, if she would have taken that approach to her goal, she may have met with a lot more frustration and maybe even unnecessary guilt surrounding her goals and whether you know not they were executed the way she wrote down on paper. So for instance, SMART goals are um, specific, measurable, attainable, or actionable. Um, there can be different acronyms here, relevant and time-based. And um, those are all good things. Like basically the what, what you're trying to do when you're setting a SMART goal is have a lot of clarity. Make sure that it's not just some vague dream or wish that you're that you're just hoping you know for. Yeah. <laughs> hoping might happen and just kind of like write it down but without any idea of how you're actually going to accomplish it. Write it down on January 1st and then, you know, January 1st the next year you kind of look at it and go, "Oh yeah, I forgot about that." That's what that's what the SMART goal setting system is uh, supposed to address. And it's very good. And a lot of people have gotten so, so many life giving things out of that. But as we were trying to apply like the smart goal setting system or other typical sitting systems to our own goals, we would end up feeling unnecessary guilt because as we're trying to line this out, and, and for instance, a smart goal would not have been what what Macaulay had done with her um, with her health goal, it was not technically a SMART goal, meaning the acronym S M A R T goal, because it it was a rooted goal. It was a different approach altogether to goal setting, and so a SMART goal would have been something more like three times a week. I'm going to get up at six a.m. and run, and I'm going to do that all year long. You know, that, that, that's an idea for a SMART goal um, or maybe even three months long. But that's not what she could uh, tackle in the season that she's in. And if that would have been her goal, it was actually too narrow because she was trying to get stronger and healthier in order to have more babies. And there were so many components that went into that and so much education that had to happen over the course of the year of what did that look like. And every time that she would sit down with her goals, she would reevaluate and learn more about what she needed to do, pivot and adjust in order to take in that new knowledge and apply it in the context of what her life looked like right then. And um, just typical goal setting culture doesn't really seem to, to dive that deep. It doesn't seem to embrace all of that context, all of the good and crazy things that come our way, especially when we are mamas with very <laughs> unpredictable children in our mix. I think jumping off of that, it's just, I think about like when I was in work settings and would hear about like big, hairy, audacious goals, or if your goals don't scare you, you haven't set them high enough. You know, all of this just very... Uh, typical language, which again, I think it's so important to note, this is 
those goal setting systems are not bad. They would just never work for us, which is why we have latched onto this rooted goals. I think that those systems work so well, um, in a company context, whether you're actually setting goals for a big corporate company that has time and resources and budgets and lots of employees, then you can go after big, hairy, audacious goals. But like our big, hairy, scary goal is being a mom every day, all day, you know, and it never ends. Um, and so a lot of that language wouldn't translate to, okay, so I am a mom, this is my context, but I also have other things that I feel like I need to be working towards or that I want to be working towards. Um, so how, how do I do this and a lot of that typical goal setting just would not translate to motherhood yeah like Shelby said um children are very unpredictable and you're only half of the decision force of the family both you and your husband put your heads together for the family objectives so you can't technically grab this huge goal and take off running with it because there are so many factors that are involved and that you have to take into consideration. Mm -hmm. And even for our listeners who maybe are not in the season of having a husband or children, and they don't, they're not resonating with that part of what we're saying. um, There, this does apply in basically whatever season of life you're in, where you have people (laughs) who you are interacting with. Which is always because people are unpredictable. Situations are unpredictable. If you're a college professor, your students are unpredictable. Your coworkers are unpredictable. You know, if you you know, work outside of your home, your boss is unpredictable sometimes. Or like say that you have a full-time job, but you also have a side gig that you're working or you have a business that you just dream of starting or an Etsy shop, you know, etc. So you don't have full control over your day because you're still working your job that is, you know, putting food on your table, so to speak. And so the rooted goals can be so helpful because you can use them as you're developing your side gig. You know, you have all these other responsibilities if you already have a job, but you're also working towards dreams of maybe, you know, a business that you're creating. And this can work in that context too, because it is so helpful when you are in a season of life where you are doing many different things you have or wearing many different hats as they say I feel like that is when this system just shines so much so that can happen in motherhood it can happen in college it can happen you know if you're working several side goods like like we've said yeah and it's answering and addressing that tension that sometimes typical goal-setting culture will force us into do I choose between being disciplined with my goal and following through with it or being intuitive in this moment? Do I choose between following through on my dreams or really preserving my relationships and investing in them? And that tension is what we are wanting to address here. Yeah, because we've all beat ourselves up for not being able to be consistent in a goal that we wanted to set. We've all had that guilt. Oh no, I slept in again, but maybe the baby kept you up that night. You know, that guilt is not helpful. That There's nothing good about that that's not helping you move forward with the goals that you want to set. So in this way of planning, in this way of looking at your goals, you're able to shake off all that excess drama almost and be able to really move forward with what you want to do with your life and know that you are both prioritizing and um, breathing life into your family or your other side gigs or your, you know, college education, but also running towards that dream that you have without all of that extra emotion attached that shouldn't really be there. Right. And so how do we set 
a rooted goal. We're going to slowly go through the acronym now and kind of break it down, uh, starting with R, rooted in your core calling. Now, obviously, this could be an episode of its own or a series. How do you start to dive into what is your core calling? So I'm going to kind of brush over this a bit. Um, There's so much that could be said here. But what you want to do is ask is really take a step back and go before the Lord with this and say, what is my core calling? And what is the unique thing that God has put me on this earth to do? There are things that only you can do. No matter who you are, there are things that only you can do. And it's so important to take some time to think through what those things are. It's very obvious if you're a mom that one of the that you're irreplaceable as your children's mama. Um, and that looks different for different people and how that is works out in their life and how that's applied. But but we know that that when you're a mom, that is such a clear part of your core calling, but it's not the only part of your core calling. You're made in the image of God. You're there to glorify God first and foremost. Um, if you have a husband, you know, you're there as his wife, and that's an important part of your core calling. And and so there's so much here. And of course, this is such a, again, such a huge conversation, but it's really something to sit down and what, what your specific context is, what your specific relationships look like, your home life looks like to sit down before God and, and look at that in a quiet place. Yes. And also with it being part of being, you know, a wife and a mom, there are different maybe hobbies or large interests you have or studies that you've done. Maybe you were a nurse before kids and you want to get back into that field. There are so many other goals that the Lord has put on your heart that you, we believe you should be able to chase and you should be able to tackle these dreams without feeling spread thin. Right. And so it's uh, part of that is being able to step back and look at it in a zoomed out way, kind of over the course of your life. And our culture suffers so much from a time scarcity mindset. Um, We talk about scarcity mindset all the time, but we, we don't really apply it to time like we should. Being able to step back and take a deep breath and be like, okay, God's got this. (laughs) He put me where he put me for a reason. And also he's put all of these dreams in my heart and they're, they're dreams that I need to handle with discernment. And I need to be very, you know, prayerful as I work through them. But God gives us different seasons of life. And so this kind of actually leads in very smoothly into the next part of the acronym, which is organically growing out of your context. And I and I see rooted in your core calling and organically growing out of your context as like two very symbiotic things that you can move between as you're trying to work these things out, saying, where am I right now? I am actually not behind. I am actually not late. I am actually where I need to be because God put me here and being able to pull from that stand there, embrace where you are, what that context looks like, and then say, and what has God put inside of me? Um, I, I always like to think of it this way, that there is a gap between what you know is possible and what you actually see as, as reality right now. And that gap The reason you can see that gap is because God put you here to see that gap. 
God put you here to see what changes need to happen. Now you yourself, or at least alone, may not be able to completely close that gap. That's not primarily only our job. Christ has is more zealous about that gap than even you are, and he's got his He's got his body and he's got his ways of closing these gaps, but he showed it to you for a reason. He's letting you see it for a reason. And even just applying these ideas of being rooted in your core in your core calling and um, organically growing out of your context and applying that in a very um, practical goal, such as like maybe your work life. And I'll take a personal example here um, with content production that is a big part of my job here at Evergreen. And I'm still very much in the messy middle of figuring out what that looks like. But that is also because it is an ongoing goal. This is going to be a something that I am incorporating in my life for a long time and learning how to, I'm on a very much of a, a learning journey with it. Um, but there have been many times when I have approached content production for Evergreen with the more typical goal setting mindset. And I will say, okay, all right, so what is everybody doing? How, what is everybody doing out here? We are saying, you know, okay, it's, it's recommended that you produce this much content per week and that, you know, okay, if you're talking about productivity, you need to cover these items and okay, this is what the smart people are saying. So I need to kind of take that and like reapply it. And, and, and I was taking it from a different perspective of, of saying, okay, what, what's already out there? How can I kind of build on that? And, and, and also how can I put all this time pressure on myself to say, I need to be, make sure that I'm writing for at least six hours a week. And I, need to, you know, get this many chapters of this project done by this amount of time and just putting all this arbitrary time pressure on myself. And it's just setting these big goals and going, come on, dream big, Shelby, and then remember your why and make this thing happen. And I did experience so many times, just like what Macaulay was saying, you know, during nap time, I'm trying to get this blog post done because I'm behind on this deadline that I put for myself. And my daughter wakes up 45 minutes early and, and, and I'm upset with her for waking up. And wow, like take a step back. Am I right now rooted? Am I operating in a way that is rooted in my core calling? Am I living out my goals in a way that is organically growing out of my context? If, if I continually week after week or day after day get this extreme stress response inside myself when something normal happens, like my child waking up from their nap, maybe I need to approach this in a different way. And honestly, it was in in doing this particular project that I'm talking about now, which is content production for Evergreen, that I really began to come up with this very different way of approaching goals altogether. So instead of doing that, I have learned that I need to step back and I need to say, okay, I have a job here. I have a job of sharing this, this productivity tool that we have, this planner with the world. And God has given this work for me to me to do. So I know it's organically growing out of my context because God has given this to me to steward. But I also have an opportunity here to speak into the lives of others and that's what God's given me to do. Instead of saying, what is everybody else saying? I need to take a step back and prayerfully say, what is God uniquely put me on this earth to say? 
What things has he taught me? And so it was just a different way of approaching it. And one where I wasn't taking the template of what was already out there, what was, um, was working in a different context and trying to apply that and force it into my own context, into our own business. Instead, I was taking a step back and being very prayerful and very slow and, and, and doing the inner work that needs to be done. And that's really the biggest point of the first part of our acronym rooted in your core calling is just doing that inner work that you need to do. And that is an ongoing process. And as you do that, you start to see how your con what your context is, what God has brought you to do and how that will affect the practical things that you're trying to tackle. So for me, organically growing out of my context with content production, I would constantly need to, to step back and ask, okay, where am I in life right now? What does my life look like? And how can I, how can I approach this in a way where my mind is working well, when I'm sitting down and working on content production, when I can focus on it well, when, how can I do this with my, you know, on the flip side, how can I keep up with my content production responsibilities in a way where I'm also being able to be a present mother when that time comes and where I can be flexible for the fact that my husband also has his hope and dreams and his jobs and his side hustles and things that he's doing that also take time. You know, how can I step back and just see this entire thing in context? And when I did that and I did the inner work, I stopped putting all these arbitrary demands on myself which translated into arbitrary demands on my family. And I was able to just come at it from a completely different approach. And I was able to move into the next step, which is outlined for clarity. So this is the part where you go from being just really doing that inner work and getting in, in a good posture for approaching your goals and you start to translate it into more practical action. And when you're outlining your goals for clarity, it's very important not to slip back into this mindset of I can script my future. I can say guaranteed that my child will take their nap from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. and I can guaranteed get this work done in that amount of time. Don't slip back into that mindset of, of, of saying this has to happen every single day and, and, and getting, getting back into that very stressful place that becomes actually a straitjacket on yourself and on your family and gets you in this, this honestly a shame spiral. And this very interesting thing about, about shame, um, neurobiologists have just have been writing about this, that when you are in a shame spiral, even about your goals, it is impossible for you to be in a creative state of mind. It is shame and creativity cannot coexist at the same time. Your, your brain is not built that way. And so if you are constantly feeling like you're not doing good enough, doing well enough on your goals, and you are not doing well enough as a mom and you're not doing well enough as a friend and you're not doing, and you're constantly in that spiral because you're trying to force yourself to do things that are actually not feasible in the season of life that you're in, or you're trying to force yourself to follow a plan that's actually not translating out well in real life. And you're not allowing yourself to readjust and to pivot accordingly. 
then you will not be able to show up for those goals, no matter how much you try, no matter, no matter even if you can get to where you're in a quiet place, sitting down at your desk, finally, with no distractions, because you're in that mindset, you won't be able to show up creatively the way that you need to. And so this is a very foundational things that we're talking about, even in being able to be productive in the future. So as you're outlining your goals for clarity. I really love how Macaulay said that she was with her goal. She was looking at it month after month and adjusting on a monthly basis, according to what was ahead of her. And have you ever experienced that clarity of, of being able to, of, of seeing that, okay, I'm going to, instead of saying, here's what my goal is going to look like for the entire rest of the year, um, actually proactively said, I'm going to readjust this and outline my goals on a more, a shorter basis. No, that's exactly what I do. All of the goals I set for this year, I look at each quarter and I kind of assess to see if I have let any drop off or, you know, the, you know, if there's kind of some work I need to do, or maybe some lack of discipline. And then once I do that, I really do take time to just say, okay, what is that going to look like this month? You know, what is that going to look like? Um, you know, this quarter. And then I will even further, you know, as I'm looking at my week, just in really simple way, say, okay, what are the, you know, things that I can do this week to help reach those goals? And I think part of why, you know, when we talk so much about flexibility, it's not because you want to be wishy-washy with your goals. It's because you're honoring the fact that your context may change month to month. You know, you may have um, a lot of financial resources one month and then not a lot the next month because you had car trouble or something like that. Same with energy, you know, especially if you move in the middle of the year or have a baby in the middle of the year, a big life change, you know, then what you can do in April may not be the same as what you can do in July for a certain goal. And so as your context changes each month with a flexible mindset, a mindset that's able to pivot um, to meet both the expected changes or the unexpected ones, then you can still make significant progress on those goals, actually maybe even more significant than if you were rigid because you are continually fitting them into the context of what your life is and doing the work to outline those for clarity, even if they're in really simple ways, like going back to my example with my toddler of me just lifting, here's four possible activities that I know he loves and I love that we can do together and I can pick any one of those during the week as it drives with our day. Um, as opposed to I have to do, you know, a specific thing every day at the same time, that's just not going to work. Exactly, because your goal was rooted, you had this outline, which was very helpful for making it tangible, giving you something that you could do to take action on your goal. But because your goal was rooted, you were able to make sure that in that moment, the action you were taking made sense. If your child is wakes up from their nap grumpy and you had planned to do this elaborate craft and you're like, I have it written down in my planner. I have outlined my goals. We were going to do a craft and they're grumpy and I'm going to force them to do the craft anyway so I can check <laughs> off my box. When when you could have just as easily said, hey, my my goal is rooted here. It's rooted in my relationship with my child. And our context right now is that this baby needs some post-nap snuggles and a snack and some gentle reading time or a little walk. And the craft is not going to happen today and it may never happen. And I might not check off that box. And that's totally fine because the point is really investing in my relationship with my child. Which was the goal to begin with. Which was the goal to begin with. Which I feel like just so perfectly, which I'm sure you're about to jump into this, it leads into the tailored for your lifestyle. Because again, that's just taking the pressure off because you don't have to live someone else's life or do the thing that someone else has said has worked 
you know, so well for them or the craft that they just loved with their child, you can make it work for your lifestyle with who you are, with who your family is and the family culture you have. So since you've done all the legwork of the rooted in your core calling, organically grown out of your context, outlined for clarity, this becomes naturally tailored to your lifestyle. By outlining it, you are able to see what things happen naturally in your life, um, what things happen naturally with your husband's schedule and your children's schedule, and completely have it written out in a way that seems doable and it's not a stressful thing that you have to accomplish. Instead, it flows very naturally in your rhythm that you already have established and you're making more headway in these goals than you ever thought was possible just because of this legwork we've mentioned earlier. And by that, it becomes etched in your memory, which is E in this acronym. Um, etched in your memory, you are able to make a working memory over these goals by writing them down and slowly making progress over each detail, as well as still pouring into your family. It becomes something you do subconsciously. Hey, I have 15 minutes here. All the kids are settled. This is an inspiring way that I can achieve this certain part, this certain segment of the goal that I've already outlined clearly to work off of. Um, And then you can literally work off this creativity, this inspiration that comes naturally. And you realize the purpose of this goal and why it's a dream of yours and why you want to have it and accomplish it and have it in your skill set because you're moving off of that energy of excitement and not off of that feeling like it's a duty, something you must continue to do because you've written it down at the beginning of the year. And it changes your entire mindset altogether. And obviously the last one, which is developed by Providence, the D in the acronym, it makes a lot of sense that this is the very last one. It all runs very smoothly together. God has set all of this on your plate. God has put the dreams in your heart, the children in your arms, and the husband by your side. He does this for you, and you are able to run with that and see his providence in every move and every day and every moment and recognize where you're able to keep growing or reevaluating or recognize maybe I am a little slothful at this part of the day. Maybe I need to readjust in this way, or maybe I need a break, you know, when the kids go down for a nap on the in this week. I've done that before where I take an entire... Um, two hours in the morning to just slowly start the day instead of feeling like I wake up and it's crunch time because I have a baby that nurses through the night. But giving myself the ability to peacefully relax and spend time with the kiddos makes me so much more productive through the day. So this is a very graceful way of learning to plan your goals. Absolutely. And that is just such a big part of it too, is, is just wrapping up with it being developed, all your goals being developed by Providence is that guide at that point, you're, you're throughout this entire process. And especially at the end, you're bringing it to the Lord and you're saying, Hey, do what you want to with this. You put these dreams in my heart, you put these babies in my arms and this this plan that I've made, the, all of this work that I've done in my planner, I give it back to you. Now you write the story that you are wanting to write in my life, through my family. You write that story, Lord, and thank you. And thank you for letting me come along with the journey. And having that posture towards it makes it, just like Macaulay said, a very different energy for approaching your goals. You're, you're approaching them with such a heart of, of contentment and, and joy and 
peace. And when things go off the tracks and you have to reevaluate instead of seeing that as your failure or your family being a burden or an interruption to this thing that matters to you, you're able to have that full context of what God is doing in your life. And you're able to stay connected to your core values, to the things that matter most to you and be able to see how it all works together. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation about Rooted Goals. We hope that um, the Rooted Goals system blesses you guys in the same way that it has blessed us. You can find us on Instagram at Evergreen Planner and online at evergreenplanner.com.